Welcome to Soul Rio, a church where God is made center, families made stronger, and lives restored. Today's sermon is entitled, A New Thing in Our Stewardship, presented by Pastor Jeff Zellner on January 31st, 2016. A new thing that God wants to do. And so <clears throat> you can see something new that God started in me this year is some facial hair. And so I know what your sermon notes kind of say, but we're going to talk about the godliness of facial hair this morning. Uh, I thought it'd be a lot funnier than that, but anyway, no, we're not going to be talking about that. If you guys want to go ahead and open your Bibles to Isaiah 43, we're going to uh, refer to that throughout the message today. Uh, But I wanted to start uh, with a little bit of story. Today we're going to talk about uh, something new in our life that God wants to do as in regards to stewardship. A um, little personal story. Uh, about 10 years ago, uh, Monica and I, my wife and I, um, we bought some land in Rio Rancho, the great land rush of Rio Rancho, and uh, with the hopes that uh, it would be a great investment. And um, things didn't necessarily turn out exactly as we had planned. Uh, we held, we had the land for quite a while and uh, tried to do different things on our own to sell it and um, didn't quite work out on our own. We, uh, we struggled to make sure we had pay for it for all those years uh, monthly out of our budget and it was a bit of a struggle. And um, we uh, complained to each other about not being able to get ahead. I mean, we think we all have those, those complaints about how we, can, we just can't seem to get anywhere. And, uh, but 2015, last year, you know, we all kind of make resolutions or goals. Monica and I sat down and we prayed and we really felt strongly. God wanted us to sell. We need to sell this land and we needed God's help. And, um, so we did, we put it on the market and within a few months, God sold the land for us and we praise God for that. We, uh, at the same time, we were able to refinance our house. Uh, to a lower rate, and through that we were able to kind of collect a little bit of a nest egg for us, that we were wanting to do some improvements to our house and around in our our land, uh, around the house, landscaping. Uh, So we started making plans, and uh, even started looking, say, at carpet or different paint colors, or maybe we want to do wood vinyl flooring or something. Um, And... uh, well, things changed uh, a little bit ago uh, where uh, that nest egg kind of evaporated because of the love we have for our pet, Aslan. He developed uh, blood cancer, and uh, he's still with us, thank God, um, but it required treatment, and treatments are, are not cheap, And um, but realizing through what God has taught us through re, uh, money, resources, uh, it's just money. It's not actually ours. It's God's, and uh, we took care, we're taking care of Aslan as we speak, and it's, you know, we, we, God has been teaching us some things about not necessarily our plans, but his plans for God's resources. And um, we, uh, we're, like I said, we're still learning about that, and God's growing us through that. Um, I want to take us into uh, Isaiah 43, uh, where Israel was in captivity under the Babylonians. Um, and they were in need of restoration. They were 
understandably so, not very happy being in captivity. They were grumbling. They uh, were tired of uh, serving in captivity. Uh, Before we start, if we can just uh, open a word of prayer. God, I thank you for this morning. I thank you for the opportunity that you've given me, God, to to share what you've been teaching me. And uh, I pray that you would just use uh, use me in any way uh, that you see fit. God, I pray that you would just use the words uh, that we read here out of your word, God, to speak to our hearts. God, to speak a truth, God, that as we walk away from here, that we can know that we've been um, touched, God, that we, we have something new that you are wanting to do in our lives. I thank you. It's in your precious name we pray. Amen. So if we open up to Isaiah 43, verses 22 uh, through 24, if you'll read with me. I think it's up on the screen as well. Yet you have not called on me, O Jacob, but you have become weary of me, O Israel. You have not brought me the sheep of your burnt offerings, nor have you honored me with your sacrifices. I have not burdened you with offerings, nor wearied you with incense. You have bought me sweet cane with money. You have not bought Sweet came with money, nor have you filled me with the fat of your sacrifices. Rather, you have burdened me with your sins. You have wearied me with your iniquities. As I said, the nation of Israel, they neglected a lot of things. They neglected to pray. They didn't call on God. They were grudgingly making offerings to God. They were giving the minimum of what the law required. And they continued to sin, and they wearied God. But, you know, God desired to change their hearts of his people. He, see, he saw their disobedience and desires, and restore, he wanted to restore them from their transgressions. As we read on in verse 25 and verse 43, I, even I, am one, the one who wipes out your transgressions for my own sake, and I will not remember your sins. He says, I will not remember your sins. So we all have broken our covenant with God through our disobedience, haven't we? So what can we do to be restored? Is there anything we can do to be restored? No, there's nothing we can do. But what we can do is to trust by faith that uh, Christ has many promises for us. We need to remember his promise and trusting that his way is the best way. And as we step back a few verses in Isaiah 43, verse 19, this has kind of been the theme of the series. We read, For I am about to do something new. See, I have already begun. Do you not see it? I will make a pathway through the wilderness. I will create rivers in the dry wasteland. See, this one verse communicates to us that God desires us to live a new life in Christ. And Paul said it in Philippians 3, 13 and 14. Forgetting what lies behind and reaching forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal of the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. So we've all made mistakes in our past. God's forgiven us, so should we forgive ourselves. We need to reach forward 
and understand that God has something new for us. So you're saying, okay, uh, where, do, where do I start? What are some things we need to understand in order to live in obedience to God? Well, there's a lot of areas that we could go from here. But I picked three areas uh, that I thought um, could move us forward toward uh, obedience. So the first, and you'll notice in your notes, is, uh, I think it's a blank, but it is in ownership. So there's a story about uh, an old, older lady who uh, wanted to make sure that she uh, was prepared if she was ever, if her life was ever threatened. So I'm sure she went to her uh, concealed carry class. She uh, took jujitsu, whatever it was. She wanted to be prepared if she ever felt threatened. So she uh, was shopping one day, and she was uh, coming out, carrying her bags to her car, and uh, comes up. And she's looking at her car, and there's four guys sitting in it. And she's like, oh, what do I do? So she drops her bag, whoops out her handgun, and yells, get out of the car. This is my car, or I'll shoot. So the guys in the car, they're like, they scatter. They get out of the car, and they run. She's like, wow, that was really, really close. So she, she's a little shaken, but she opens her tr- the trunk and she puts the bags in or the back seat and um, gets in the car, goes to put her key in the ignition and it, it doesn't work. She, uh, I think she probably gets out of her car, looks, and just about four or five cars down is actually her car. It was, it was the same car. She's like, oh, no. So she does what she knows what she should do. She puts, she changes the bags over into her car. She loads up, and she heads down to the police station. She walks in, and she has to turn herself in. So she goes up to the desk sergeant and um, says, uh, hey, this is what's happened. You know, it wasn't my car. I thought it was. Uh, the desk sergeant falls off his seat laughing. He points down to the other end of the desk where there's four visibly shaken men who are putting in a report about uh, an old lady under five foot with thick glasses with a big handgun that just like stole their car, they thought. So no charges actually were filed. But you see, she thought it was her car, but it really belonged to someone else. So why is ownership of stuff so important to us? We, uh, we like to, to feel like you know, we own our house. We, we own our car. We own our TV, our furniture, uh, our land. And we want to protect our stuff. We will uh, make sure that we are carrying a gun or we will protect our stuff to the end. We feel a sense of pride and accomplishment, I guess, and when we when we own our stuff. And we like to acquire things. It's kind of we say it's our human nature. We feel secure in our having possessions. So I want to get into what does God say about ownership? If you'll turn to Psalm twenty four, verse one. 
says, The earth is the Lord's and all who live in it. The earth is the Lord's and all who live in it. Also up on the screen, you'll see 1 Chronicles 29, 11, and 12. Everything in the heavens and earth is yours, O Lord, and this is your kingdom. We adore you as being in control of everything. Riches and honor come from you alone, and you are the ruler of all mankind. Your hand controls power and might, and it is at your discretion that men are made great and given strength. So I guess we can we answer the question, who owns everything? God does. And so I guess if he owns everything, what do we own? Not a thing. Kind of makes you feel maybe a little powerless. Not in control. Did you know that there's over 2,350 known verses, or could be more, in Scripture that deal with money, material possessions. That's more than all of Paul's 13 letters combined. That's a lot. So don't you think if there's that much in Scripture that there is, that's pretty important to God, right? So what do you think God wants to instruct us about possessions? Jesus expressed in Matthew 6, 21. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So what is the heart all about? Our heart is about our passions, our priorities, what's important to us. And you know, God's all about the heart. He's all about your heart. The scripture tells us that where our treasure is or what our treasure is, it's an indicator or spiritual thermometer of the condition of our heart. You see, this message is not about God changing your checkbooks. It's about the transformation of our heart. See, God wants us to understand true ownership. He wants us to submit ownership to Him and all that is around us, including us. He wants us to submit us. He wants us to submit our hearts to Him. The ownership of our hearts. He wants to use us as a stimulus for spiritual renewal in our lives. God wants us to know and to love Him. And you know, we get to know Him by how? We spend time with Him. We study His Word by calling out to Him and allowing His Spirit to provide us that understanding and wisdom. 2016 can be a year that God starts something new in your life. A transformation, a new perspective on ownership and stewardship. You can view it as your life under new ownership. Not under our ownership, but under His. 
The second area is obedience through our stewardship. So what is stewardship? If you looked it up in in the dictionary, essentially it would say it is a manager. It is someone that doesn't own what they're managing, but they are entrusted with something to take care of it for the owner. If we go back, and we don't, you don't have to look this up, but I think we all know this in Genesis 1, 1, the very beginning. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. So God created everything that was, is, and is going to be. He is the creator. God created the garden for Adam and Eve to tend. He created the animals and asked man to name them and to rule over them he also required man to take care of and manage the garden further in genesis 2 15 says the lord god took the man and put him in the garden of eden to work it and to care for it so they were stewards of the earth and held accountable for all in it and so are we still today We are made responsible for God's creation. God has made us managers or stewards of his creation. Now we get to reap the benefits of of his creation, don't we? We get to eat the food from the earth. We get to live in houses that are created with materials that are from the earth. But they're still his. We may have hammered the nails. We may have um, paid for the construction of a house or paid for the car, but they're still his. And there's going to come a time when we're held accountable and given an accounting of how we managed his stuff. Proverbs 27, 18. He who tends the fig tree will eat its fruit. And he who cares for his master will be honored. 1 Corinthians 4, 1 and 2. Let a man regard us in this manner as servants of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. In this case, moreover, it is required of stewards that one be found trustworthy. So not only are we managers and stewards and being held accountable, we have to be found trustworthy to manage God's things. We need to be found trustworthy in the use of the resources that God has given us. Today we define these resources as time, talents, and treasures. First is time. Time is so very limited there's only 24 hours in a day and i think each and every one of us know how limited that resource is over the holidays um i started um we had i had free time downtime it's over the holidays and uh started getting into a a game that's on the tablet or my phone and uh pretty innocent uh but didn't really realize how much time that I was using to play that game and not necessarily thinking about the best way that God wanted me to use the resource of time. 
It was taking away from time from my family, taking away from time that I could be doing other things that were benefiting towards the kingdom instead of playing the game that benefited really no one. Now, I'm not saying that playing games on your phone and computers are bad, but God convicted me that the use of the time that he has given me is not best served by playing Boom Beach. Oh, I said the name. Anyway, (laughs) got the blow up things. So that was something God convicted me on very recently. And so I deleted it. The next resource is our talents. God's given each and every one of us a talent. Maybe you haven't discovered it yet. Maybe you have. But God has given us a talent. God's given me a talent of being able to sing. And there has been times when I've been uh, moving uh, a long time ago before we moved here uh, that I decided, you know what, I'm not going to be a part of a worship team. I just want to sit back and enjoy it. And, and, And I was convicted that God wanted me to use that resource, my talent, for him. And to be a part of worship in in whatever way that was. Maybe some of you have a talent that God has given you that you are not using, that God is calling you to use. And then there's treasures. Treasures are our resources, financial resources, that God calls us to give over to him. So God owns everything. We've kind of established that, right? God created everything, including time. So creation establishes ownership. An example to kind of take that a step further, copyright law is a law that establishes ownership for a creator who created something. Even the songs that we sang this morning were copyrighted to the owner, the creator of those songs. They hold the right and they get uh, to uh, any associated revenue that's associated with that. At the Hartman and Minuski Design Group, where I work, they allow, they give me a company car, a Prius, great car. I get to drive it every day to and from work. I also get to fill it up with gas, rotate the tires, change the oil, and I manage it so that other people at the office can use the car throughout the day. I get to take advantage of that, but it's not mine. The title says, Property of Hartman and Majewski Design Group. I am a steward of that car. I'm responsible for it. If someone backs into a tree, okay, I did that, but um, I'm responsible to for that car and have to take care of it. And at the end of the year, if something's wrong with it, if it's broken down, who are they going to come to? They're going to come to me. I'm not going to read it here due to time, but I think it's a great example of stewardship. It's in the story of Joseph. He was sold into uh, slavery in in Potiphar's house and under Pharaoh in Genesis 39 and 41. I recommend it's in your notes uh, throughout this week to read that story. It's a great, 
great uh, story of, of a real steward. But stewardship is not lim- limited to just individual believers. Stewardship is also, we believe, called for, for the ch- by the church, for the church. We as the church are to be good stewards of the resources that God has provided to the church. Last week, Scott Wilson with the Baptist Convention shared with us about the resources, the financial resources that Sol Rio and other churches give uh, as a percentage of the tithe that go beyond these four walls. They go to serve areas in Mexico and even as far as India to further the kingdom of God. And God has done so much for us, even here at Sol Rio. I'd like to invite Jolene to come up and to share uh, maybe her testimony of what God's done in Sol Rio over the last couple of years. My name is Jolene. Um, Haramio, and I've been serving as the accountant, I guess you can say, for the church for a little over two years. And prior to that, I my main background is in finance for schools. And so, um, as as I started, I quickly learned, like, oh my goodness, we're not getting enough in to pay all the bills that are going out. And I thought, how is this going to work out? I, I, I don't know. And Floyd would continuously tell me, just the Lord will provide, the Lord will provide. And I thought, okay, Floyd. <laughs> and sure enough, every week the Lord would provide. And even now, as we've you know come through all this time, over two years, every week the Lord has provided. And it's taught me to not just look at the historical analysis of what has happened in Sol Rio, but really dig deep and pray to the Lord and rely on Him and know that He will provide. Thanks, Jolene. God really has done a lot. And it's not because of Floyd. It's not because of me or anyone else in the leadership. It's because of God and what he's done through Sol Rio, through you, and your willingness to give, to not hold on to those resources that, that are God's anyway, but to give freely. And uh, it's an awesome story, and uh, it's not just the growth of Sol Rio, but it's personal growth that we see uh, in the church. So some of you may know the name Bernie Madoff. He uh, managed a lot of people's money for over 50 years. He was a legend on Wall Street and defrauded investors of up to $50 billion. I can't imagine that amount of money. You could say that he made off with a lot of people's money. It worked. <laughs> he erred in thinking that that money that was given to him to invest was actually his, to do with what he saw fit. And not the investors that entrusted him with their money. 
he was a steward. Just a pretty darn bad one. Larry Burkett, speaker and author who is now passed, said, The Christian world is no different from secular world when it comes to debt, bankruptcy, and even divorce. Because priorities are misplaced. God said very clearly that you can't be unfaithful in a small thing and faithful in large. They come part and parcel together. Burkett says you can't be a bad money handler and be handling other things very well. Money is just the outside indicator of what's going on in our lives spiritually. Burkett says most Christians do not have a firm grasp on the biblical perspectives of debt and stewardship. God desires that we change our perspective and have faith that he will take care of us. God's shown that he will take care of us. 1 Corinthians 4, verse 2. Now it is required that those who have been given a trust must prove faithful. Stewards can truly enjoy God's blessing because we know that god owns it all and controls it all we simply get to enjoy it as we learn to manage it an important consideration is that thinking like a steward doesn't mean we have to give up the good things in life it means that we give up control of things and that's a hard hard lesson And stewardship mindset doesn't mean that we don't enjoy good things. It actually means that we enjoy things more. The third thing I want to talk about is discipleship. It's important to realize that as believers, we need each other, right? We can't do this alone. God has allowed each and every one of us to experience things in order that we can be a blessing to someone else. Sometimes that can be an encouragement, maybe a hard word of truth. Some of us have learned some real hard Learn truths, haven't we? Finance through finances. But God is going to hold us accountable for how we manage those resources. We as believers need to support each other in this area. We're, and understand we're not alone. Sometimes we can do this by being a part of a one-on-one group meeting or maybe it's a, uh, uh, a group study or organized seminars or something else where we can encourage each other, get into the Word, and maybe just find some practical application of how we can better manage the resources God's given us. We haven't set the dates yet, but Monica and I are going to be leading a, a class um, probably February, March-ish, and then in the fall uh, for an opportunity for us all to to share and to grow in our understanding and application of ownership and stewardship. More of that will be to come. 
What's important is that we desire to become better stewards of the resources that God has given to us. And that means getting help. And so we just need to do it. In Matthew 28, 19 and 20, it says, Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. So we're to teach our kids, others around us. God's given us those experiences that we've gone through to help and encourage others and to lead them into the, the way to manage God's resources. In Proverbs twenty-seven seventeen, as iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. We need to sharpen each other. So God wants to do something new in you right now. Do you feel it? Because we sure don't want to miss it. Are you ready to give him ownership of all that is rightly his? It's not easy. But it is something we need to do. It's not ours. There's an opportunity to honor God with all that he has and is providing us today. Are you ready to steward his resources in a way that pleases and honors him? Instead of how the world does? I want to hear, well done, good and faithful servant. Maybe even you want to, you're at a time where you need to give your heart to God. Are you ready to do that? Allow Him to take your heart and transform it. So we've talked about God is always doing something new. But we can't forget what He's done for us already. We are called to remember and celebrate Christ's death, burial, and resurrection. That was a gift, a sacrificial gift. The sacrifice of His Son, Jesus on the cross for our sins. We're going to continue in our worship this morning uh, by remembering today and observing in communion. I'm going to read 1 Corinthians 11, 24 through 26. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, for which, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it 
and remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. In the next few minutes, Carlos is going to come up and the band, and we're going to pray. Where it's an opportunity for us to come up to the left or the right of the stage and to pick up the cup and the, the bread. There'll be pastors uh, up here, Floyd, uh, Jason, others that if you want to, um, if you've made a decision or want to make a decision or need someone to pray with, will be here. You can drop your offering in the basket as well. But we want to take this time to remember and to give thanks to God for the sacrifice of his son. For his blood that was spilled and his body that was broken for our sins. We celebrate because death wasn't the end. With his resurrection, he conquered sin and death to give us life. And life more abundantly. Why don't you bow our heads and pray. Dear Heavenly Father, God, we... We thank you. We thank you for your love. We thank you for the gift of your son. God, that you you want to do something new in our lives. And as we're reaching forward, we still... we are called to remember the sacrifice of your son, Jesus. God, I pray that um, we would use this time, God, to, to give thanks. The blood that was spilt was for us. Your body that was broken for us. extravagant God I pray that as you speak to our hearts God that we would acknowledge give you honor God that we would give our hearts that we would give what is due to you our resources of our time our talents, our treasures, God. God, that our passions wouldn't be for the things of this world, but that would be the passion, our passions for the things of heaven. That would just fill our, our minds and our hearts, God. Thank you for listening, and we pray you were blessed by today's message. You're invited to worship with us Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. 
for directions and information about Soul Rio and our weekly events, please visit our website at soulrio.com. You may also contact us by phone at area code 505-792-8737 or email us at info at soulrio.com. At Soul Rio, we're a community of followers of Jesus Christ, committed to live by faith, to be known by love, and to be a voice of hope to our community. We invite you to go with us on this journey.